Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Control Report Podcast, episode 108. Benjamin Yoder here today talk to you about E3, I guess. Uh, it's always a weird thing that like uh, I, I record my podcast early in the week. So so something like E3 is like technically last week. So there's, it's maybe not super topical. But instead, I just put out a gun gauge podcast last week. So so if you if you are not interested in hearing E3 stuff again this week uh, and and did not listen, do not typically listen to my podcast, I'd recommend listening to my last podcast. Uh, because I had a Rowan Carmichael from uh, Platforms and Pitfalls podcast on uh, on for that. So we talked about Gun Gauge, basically. It was a good time. It's a good time. But yeah, otherwise, um, uh, I do have some more like general updates, but we'll we'll get back to that uh, at a later time. For the most part, I think the E three stuff's probably gonna take up most this week. But if we have some time, maybe we'll 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 touch on it. But uh, yeah, E three is um, it's always a weird thing for me because I I feel like my expectations of E three are very high but also very low most of the time. <laughs> like, and I feel like I, I'm this way with a lot of um, um press conferences and stuff where it's like i i generally expect quite a bit of stuff to be announced that's like of these like big main franchises but because i expect them i i don't like super care if they're there or not a lot of times like i don't really care if if metroid prime 4 isn't at e3 or something like that like i might i might think about it from like a a a a business perspective like oh nintendo needs bigger games although nintendo this year has a lot of stuff coming out in the back half so you know metroid prime 4 missing is uh at least in my opinion looking at their lineup is not that big of a loss they nintendo kind of has something for everybody i feel like for the end of this year at least you know between august and and november basically um um, but at the same time, like what, like, I feel like we're in a weird time in the industry where like kind of anything can get announced on stage. And, and so it always feels like there's like possibly something that could be very surprising, like, or like right on the horizon. It's a, it's a very strange thing. Uh, maybe like the best example I can think of, let's just jump right into it. Uh, uh, Fancy Star Online 2 coming to the Xbox is maybe not, and and it sounds like based off what uh, Phil said on on some follow up interviews on uh, Western on concert consoles in general. Uh, but you know that that game finally officially getting localized is kind of crazy. I don't really understand how Sega came to the under or like the the conclusion that hey now is the time to to localize Fancy Star Online uh, two. It feels seven years too late, especially for a game that has like such a intensely. Uh, dedicated fan translation base who who are like pretty actively you know running you know running a a a fan um operation to translate that game and make it available for people to you know to play if they want um so so it is it is curious that like i feel like most people who are playing fan star online 2 are already playing or who would want to play fan star online 2 are already playing fan star online 2 that being said though and you know this is uh, like just just observing evidence from like stuff I've seen on the internet, not really uh not anything factual, obviously, or like or or like a, a sample size that is actually accurate to what the general interest would be. But I do feel like at least on my Twitter feed that I've seen like a, a growing interest in Fancy Star Online 2 again. It's 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 interesting. I, I 
I'm surprised how many people seem to kind of like peek their ears up and be like, huh, maybe I should check out Fancy Star Online too. And some people who are like going out of their way to go ahead and check out the the fan translated version of Fancy Star Online too. So I'm curious to see how they implement that. Uh, but yeah, I don't know if it's going to be like a timed exclusive on Xbox for console here or or if like the PlayStation 4 version is going to come day and date or something. I don't have an Xbox One. Um, so, so if it is... Uh, timed exclusive then i just have to keep playing on pc if i play um but it will be nice like not having to go through the, the hurdles of like patching the game again not that hard if you really want to play fantasy star online 2 it's actually very easy to do so but it is like an extra step um in terms of you know getting getting onto that game so so making it just you know as easy as download and play officially uh is great and hopefully like your japanese characters if you have a character on japanese servers already will come over because i think that's going to play a big role into whether or not you know people who already play the game convert over to an official version of the game because if just start over i think a lot of people probably won't be won't be as uh excited so so and then uh in general i was originally gonna mess like mess this around a little bit in terms of like you know just kind of flipping a bunch of companies in different places so like we didn't talk about microsoft all at once but i think i'm just going to go ahead and break it down in that way <laughs> um but uh basically uh i think this year in general for microsoft still just feels and like this is the whole generation has felt this way it feels like xbox one launch you know uh uh damage control and we're, we're still on that path and and um you know, it's probably for the best that that it's handled this way. I mean, I feel like Microsoft has been making good moves to their existing Xbox One user base. I don't think anybody, with the exception of first-party software, I don't think anybody who owns Xbox One, based off what I've I've seen of people talking about it, would probably be that disappointed in it. Like people who 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 I guess by by owns Xbox One, I mean like as their main console. Um, like you know, at the end of the day, most of the third-party stuff comes to to PS4 and Xbox. The biggest thing for me always is just the Japanese um Japanese side of things. You know, it's nice you're getting Fantasy Star Online too, but and uh, but like I just I really would need Microsoft to invest in in getting basically on parity like at the same level of PlayStation 4 in terms of Japanese support. Cause I really don't like, I don't really care about first party Sony stuff almost at all. Cause most of the first party Sony stuff is based off like it's a, it's a Western developers. And, and at least within the last like five, six years, they all seem to be very focused on like the style and aesthetics that kind of came out of like the last of us. And I don't like the last of us very much at all. So when I see a game that looks like it's kind of trying to fit in that same space, I'm like, eh, I, th I think I'm good. <laughs> like not, not only in like themes and setting, like I'm not just talking about days gone, um, but like just like in play style and, 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 and like delivery of story. I think if I actually played them, I think I'm probably cutting them, like not giving them enough credit. I think if I actually played them, I probably would enjoy them. Um, but, but in terms of like, you know, from the outside looking in, trying to see a game that gets my interest from a first party perspective, uh, the last thing Sony did that I can think of is freedom wars. So, um, but yeah, Microsoft uh, said they might go ahead and uh, buy a, a Japanese developer at some point too, which you know they've been acquiring studios about double fine at E3 this year. So, um, so yeah, well, I'll be curious to see if if Japan becomes somewhat of a focus again, um, as a, at least in terms of like you know trying to get uh, you know consoles in a household. I think maybe the big the biggest uh, reason why that might be a a a going focus for for microsoft or like i guess the the reason why i would think microsoft would want to pursue a japanese market is just like pretty much the the fact that microsoft seems to be trying to pursue a service market in general and and you know i feel like that would be kind of like a reset in some ways so uh 
So I don't know if you'll ever have a, a Japanese or the, you know, the Xbox succeed as hardware in Japan, but from a service model, maybe it can succeed. I think that would maybe the, maybe would be the argument in terms of trying to pursue that again. Um, but it's kind of hard to say, you know, what kind of services Sony's going to be offering, uh, you know, come come next time around. Cause Sony really hasn't really said anything about their streaming stuff other than that they're partnering with Microsoft to work, use their uh, cloud technology. So, so I'll be curious to see. Also, I'm really happy, like, Fantasy Star Online is probably the, the biggest announcement for me, which is silly because it's like a seven-year-old game and you can already play in English. But it's still cool. Like, I, I was still, like, really shocked by it. And those, those are the kind of announcements I want for E3, uh, announcements that shocked me. But also, Microsoft Flight Simulator, I will never play that game. But <laughs> but I'm really glad it exists. Like, that's the kind of game I want to see get, like, primetime E3 stage show presence. Because it doesn't make any sense why it would get that space. But sure, go ahead and do it. Like, I love it. <laughs> it's great. I don't need to see another Gears of War on stage. <laughs> I, that's more of just like a show thing, though. Again, I'll, I'll probably never play Microsoft Flight Simulator. So, um, From a Nintendo perspective, though, uh, there's a handful of things I thought were interesting. Really, No More Heroes 3. I'm, 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 I mean, they kind of announced No More Heroes 3 at the end of Travis Strikes Again. There, there's After the credit sequence, there's a thing that says in development and it's like a no more heroes logo but it doesn't specifically say you know no more heroes three i i and you know i feel like how i feel about going into no more heroes three is probably going to be you know very particular to or specific to how i came off of travis strikes again of just i think grasshopper maybe doesn't have the best writing um and and i really think they they need to do something to at least for me like for me the, the writing comes off as tacky in a way i i I think they're aware it comes off as tacky, but they think it's like entertaining in a lot of ways. And, and I, I just don't really get that from it, but, but I'm still excited to see it. I still like no more heroes. I think style, like stylistically and, uh, and I like the general concept of it. Um, I'm not really, I think I said this before. I'm not really a huge fan of the type of character Travis has become. He's become like somebody who's very cocky and confident. Like he, he was cop, cocky and confident in the first game, but he's also kind of a dumbass and doesn't really know what's happening where now he's just kind of like a seasoned assassin in a way. And so it just kind of comes off as just like, Oh, th- this is uh like, I don't know. He just, he just doesn't really have the charm that he used to have. I feel like for me, um, but I'm, I'm excited to see what they, what they show when they get around to it. They didn't show any gameplay. So, so it wasn't anything, that was like you know tangible um especially since like no more heroes 3 in particular um or no yeah no more heroes in particular the mainline series hasn't had ever released since 2009 so i'm curious to see like how the combat has evolved if at all if at all um there's also the panzer dragoon remake which honestly looks real rough um i don't think it looks good i may still buy it anyways i'm actually not a big fan panzer dragoon 1 fan uh, I mainly like Panzer Dragoon Orta, but I might still try to check it out, um, if only because there's not a great way to play Panzer Dragoon otherwise other than the, on the original Xbox. Um, you know, you, you can get the Saturn release, I guess. I don't know if they ever released the other Panzer Dragoon in any way. I guess, I guess you might be able to play it on Xbox One via Panzer Dragoon Orta, potentially, but that thing runs still at like, you know pretty choppy it's a pretty choppy version of that game <laughs> um I, I mean i mean panzer dragoon you know typically hit 20 frames per second as, at its maximum i think on saturn but i feel like the xbox version ran slower than that but it was definitely totally playable but yeah i don't know i might i might guilt myself into buying that just to be like yeah i want more saturn releases and 
And you know, when when Sega's like, oh, buy more Genesis games, and we'll we'll, we'll get maybe think about Saturn collections. Um, I think I think those Genesis games are plenty successful, and their answer to that is, why don't we release more Genesis games? So, <laughs> so I'm I would hope that if Panda Dragoon Order sells well enough, they at least or the Panda Dragoon remake sells well enough, they would look at um, maybe doing some other Saturn titles. I doubt it, but. I guess that would be my hope, and I probably won't be upset about having another copy of Panzer Dragoon around. It's a short game, too, at least the original one, so it wouldn't be like a, a huge burden um, to, to play through it once. And so I could feel like I got my money's worth, play through it, and, and just, just you know, be done with it for the most part. I'll be curious what kind of pricing that game has, because it is a very short game. Uh, and it's not like Star Fox, I don't think, where there's like there's not like multiple routes or anything like that, so it's kind of that experience in one go. Animal Crossing, um, I, I was originally curious about Animal Crossing because of the, um, like, deserted isle, island part of the, the beginning of the game. But when I looked at the actual treehouse portion of it, it's it really just is crafting. And, and that's cool. That's cool that they added crafting. And they also brought in the half unit me- measurements, for, like, where you can move furniture from Happy Home Designer. But I really question whether or not enough has changed for me to really be interested. And I've I've been on the fence for Animal Crossing for a long time. Like, I enjoyed City Folk a lot, um, but I think it only really worked out because it was like came at a very specific time in my life where I didn't have a job and I wasn't in school and I didn't really know what I was doing with my life. So I just kind of played some Animal Crossing <laughs> for a while. Um, but I I when I bought New Leaf, um, you know. I, I had a lot of back and forth about it. I literally was going to go down to like a Best Buy and buy it. And I u- did a U-turn like three times uh, before actually picking up my copy because I was like uh, kept trying to talk myself out of it. And I got a copy and I didn't really play a lot of New Leaf. I feel like maybe that'd be something worth revisiting someday, but I just don't feel like I have that long-term commitment to a lot of games anymore. I typically want to play them like 20-hour chunks and then kind of move on. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. I I, I don't... I, I, it looks, it looks great. Like visually it looks great, but, but yeah, it's, um, maybe not. I'll, I'll keep looking to see what they announce, but you know, I, my, my biggest concern would be like, I, what's most interesting to me is the beginning of deserted Island part where you're like building your Island and things like that. I think that is cool. My biggest concern is that you'll do that for like five hours and then it essentially becomes like a normal animal crossing game again at some point, And you know, it's cool you can build that stuff at the beginning, but I I just don't really have a lot of interest in in the Animal Crossing grind anymore, and I don't I really don't know what they need to do to change my mind on that. I'm kind of at a loss of what I want from Animal Crossing, um, so I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'll check it out, but uh, I, I'm I'm on the fence. Um, and the Smash Brothers DLC looks pretty cool too. I I like my sword character, so Dragon Quest dude dudes multiple of them um although i think it's one character with like multiple skins or something like that that looks really cool and then uh banjo kazooie actually looks really fun to play i have no affinity for banjo kazooie as a character i i really need to sit down and play banjo kazooie games i played it a little bit as a kid but i never really had a copy it was always like a friend's copy so i didn't really have a lot of investment in banjo kazooie um um so i'd always just kind of like you know run around the world get some some jigsaw puzzles jiggies whatever they're called and um 
and then basically just kind of step away from the game. Um, at some point, like I, I have an Xbox 360, so I could definitely download like the Xbox Live Arcade versions of it or something at some point. Or if I get an Xbox One, I get the Rare Replay Collection, which is something I really do want. That's like one of the biggest reasons I want an Xbox One still is the Rare Replay Collection. Um, speaking of which, as a side note, I, I did beat World of Light this uh, last weekend, I think. Um, uh, yeah, last weekend. And, you know, World of Light's a weird thing. Like, World of Light in concept, like, you sit down and look at the bullet points of what World of Light is. We're going on a side tangent here, not E3 related. If you look at the bullet points of what World of Light is, it's really cool. And, like, parts of the execution is also really cool. Like, you get to see the spirits, and, and those spirits, like, they like, basically craft, like, battles around these these characters from games that would never get, like, representation. Raymond Bryce from Disaster Day of Crisis uh is one of the spirits you get and you have like a a level that's full of like natural disaster like elements i love disaster day of crisis i'm so glad it's getting representation in there that's a really cool way to represent it uh world of light is not very fun overall though (laughs) like i think at some point there's just so many missions and and because the stickers have like elemental effects on them and stuff and like you know you can buff yourself you can debuff the enemies you can uh you know turn on and off certain mechanics um it really just kinds you kind of makes you and there's like an auto equip for these spirits so basically like what you do is you start a battle or open open a mission auto equip spirits which will then auto equip you know what it thinks are the best spirits for this match and then you fight the match and then most of the time 99 of the time even if you like don't get a good set of spirits for trying to beat the 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 fight you're gonna get through like it's it maybe take two or three tries but you'll you'll figure it out uh, admittedly, I would say I'm a better Smash player than most people. I would not say I'm a good... I, w- I don't think I would compete on a tournament level or anything. I think I'd get knocked out pretty quick. But I think I'm a generally a decent Smash player. And so maybe I had a better, better you know, shot through it. But World of Light, just like, yeah, it's, it's, it's about two-thirds longer than I wanted it to be. Um... But it's neat. It's like, it's like everything about World of Light looks neat. But, like, when you sit down and play it, it just is tiresome and long i'm not sure why it hurts but like you know it it, it's such a broad brush of different like uh fan service worldwide like 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 i am the dude who is excited that disaster day of crisis is getting representation but i'm gonna guess 99 percent other people don't really care so i'm sure i stepped across things that like there's one person out there somewhere that was like oh my god they're in this game and i just went over it like it was nothing didn't even pay attention to what the spirit sticker was i was like oh that's a character and then did the mission and just like felt nothing so so that's just kind of maybe the nature of that mode but i don't know how you fix that really i don't know if you can fix that really Trying to think if there's anything else from Nintendo, but I think that was kind of it for me uh, in terms of Nintendo. But Square Enix had some interesting stuff. They had Trials of Mana. I I don't I have never so uh, let me roll that back. I was, about to, I was about to say I've never played a Mana game before. I have played the original Mana very briefly uh, when I was a kid, and I have started Secret of Mana. Mana. Um, I did not like it when I started Secret of Mana. I need to go back to it and revisit it. I have some beef with the camera in that game. Um, and I thought about getting the 3d remake because that seems to fix the camera issues. Um, but I never ended up doing that. So they, they had like a secret amount of collection that, that came out, um, which has all the, any, there's the game boy super and the two super Nintendo games on it. But, um, I don't know if I'll get that collection. I don't really need 
The only reason I'd probably get it is if the original Secret of Mana or original Mana game for Game Boy is expensive. I'm not sure. It's like Final Fantasy Adventure, I think it's called in, in the US. Um, if it's expensive to get that, I might just go ahead and get this collection or something to get around that eventually. It's not a top priority. But the new Trial of Mana remi- uh, remake, which is essentially the Secret of Mana 2 remake, um, the, the third game in the series, <laughs> I, I think. Second game on Super Nintendo. I have whatever i don't know what the actual japanese name is uh but there's a 3d remake of that game and that actually looks really cool I was surprised there's no multiplayer in it though uh it's like a 3d action hack and slash kind of thing um but but i like how it looks and how it plays it has the benefit over oninaki which i talked about like a couple weeks ago oninaki um the camera in that game's like isometric and so i think it just doesn't seem as engaging so this one has like a a kind of behind the back camera a little bit not all the way down but it's kind of it's further down than Oninaki and um and I think I like that a lot more like being able to get a, like a better look at the world around you and things like that rather than just like you know this cut out square of the world on your screen so so Trial of Mana looks cool and then I was really surprised by Final Fantasy 7 Remake um I think it's been it was helpful that I've, I'm currently playing Final Fantasy 15 and Final Fantasy 15 has like some problems with this combat engine. I, I I'm starting to grow the combat uh, system for Final Fantasy 15 started to grow on me a lot. Um, but there are like some weird things about it. And Final Fantasy 7 in a lot of ways feels like somebody like thinking about what they wanted Final Fantasy 15 to be and kind of fixing some of those issues. And then so so it is more like it looks a lot more tactile than Final Fantasy 15 does. And 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 it has like the, you know, freeze time strategic stuff, but implemented in a much more meaningful way um, where where the Final Fantasy 15 weight system is just kind of a weird like it's an optional thing you turn on and it pretty much the only benefit is that you can scan enemies with it. It's it's a weird thing. We'll talk about Final Fantasy 15 next week. Probably I'm going to guess. But um. But yeah, so Final Fantasy VII Remake just looks really good, and I think I think I'll probably try to get that game as as soon as I can get around to it. Um, I I will be curious to see you know what they do with that game. Uh, no Final Fantasy sixteen though. It's kind of I mean I I don't blame them. I'm, they're treating Final Fantasy VII Remake as like a full blown Final Fantasy release. Um, so I'll be curious to see when we'll actually ever hear about Final Fantasy sixteen. But uh, I'm I'm I am ready for a new Final Fantasy world. I know I keep saying this like everywhere, but like. Like we've every Final Fantasy world we've known for the last 13 years, like or every Final Fantasy world we have right now has been known for the last 13 years. And, you know, not because the games were released, but we know Final Fantasy 15 is the latest release in the mainline series. And that game was announced as versus 13 in 2006. Like it's been forever. Um, And and I just want to see like the next Final Fantasy world, because for me, a lot of what makes Final Fantasy really cool is is how each game can be, you know, very unique and different from the last. And um, and I'm ready. I'm ready to see what what their new vision of Final Fantasy will be going forward. So, no Final Fantasy 11 R either. <laughs> I was I was like that'd be really cool if they had like a Final Fantasy 11 R announcement. I know nobody would care, but I would care. <laughs> I I have a bad feeling that Final Fantasy XI R is dead in the water. It probably I don't know. Final Fantasy XI's in a weird spot. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, but but yeah. So I guess that's kind of 
Oh, then there's like Shinmu 3 trailer and Shinmu 3 trailer. The only, really only thing I have to say about that is that like I saw a lot of people complaining that it looked really bad and budgety. I watched it and that looks nearly identical to what the Dreamcast games were like. Uh, so at least for me, I'm like, oh, okay, that's fine. I think I think the people who like Shenmue, um probably also like the dub Shenmue got from the time. They're probably fans of that like weird cheesy dub. At least I feel like over the years, the Shenmue fan base has very much celebrated what, how Shenmue is localized. Um, that it's like so bad is good kind of thing. Um, and I think maybe, you know, I that game doesn't have the money to do a proper localization, I feel like. I, it, it just... It, I could be wrong, but like, like I, they only raised like I think it was two or three million, and then so I think Deep Silver's publishing it otherwise. So I don't know how much money they're contributing, but you know, Shinmu is a very ambitious game in the level of detail it wants to do on like a micro level. Whether or not Shinmu Three gets there is you know its own thing, but but y- you aren't going to get a the full triple a experience that the original Shenmue was at the time. Like that's just not happening. Uh, at least not with that budget. Um, unless like somebody really picked it up, but I, I highly doubt it. So I think, you know, going that like, let's mimic the dreamcast style with that is probably the best thing they could have done in terms of the localization. Um, otherwise you probably just get some really budget voice actors who just didn't really, would just come off as like very generic. It reminds me a lot of like how shadow of destiny on the PSP. I think it's called shadow. Uh, there's two names for it: the shadow of destiny and then shadow of, Oh, it's killing me. I can't remember what it is, but look up shadow of destiny, <laughs> but there's a uh, shadow of destiny port on PSP and, and the voice acting was changed. And it's just like very generic voice acting where the original one has like very good, bad voice acting. Um, and sometimes that charm, I think really matters with some games. Uh, and then if, if, if you don't like the dub, I think, I think, you know, if the dual language option is available, I think the, the, the Japanese option is probably the best. And I think very acceptable these days. I think most people who, who really care about like the integrity of, of the voice acting for those kind of games, uh, for Japanese games in particular, probably want to watch or probably want to use the Japanese audio. I could be wrong. I'm sure there's plenty of people who who love good U.S. localizations that might not have that same affinity for Shenmue, but I think it's probably the best option they could have done if I would guess the budget they had kind of thing. That doesn't make it good, but it makes it good. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, Shenmue three. I I I don't think Shenmue three will good or will be good, but I'm I'm excited to try it out, play it, and see what it turned out to be. So. But yeah, I guess that's E3. Overall, I think I was very uh, pleased with it. I think Nintendo really benefited from from Sony and Microsoft not being, um, you know, Sony and Microsoft are like in, in that console transition period at this point, you know. And uh, I would say Nintendo probably brought the normal amount of stuff they would bring to an E3, but due to the lack of Sony not being there at all, and then Microsoft, you know, having these very... I feel like Microsoft had a good slate of announcements, but maybe nothing like really big. Um, Halo Infinite didn't really show us anything more than last year than just, you know, I would say maybe even showed less than last year in some ways. Um, but, but I think Nintendo, because Sony and Microsoft didn't show a ton, um, Nintendo was able to just be like, we have all these games coming out this year and it was like a normal amount of games, 
But people were like, oh, Nintendo saved E3, even though it's, you know, not that, not all that much. Although Nintendo announces stuff throughout the year now, like Astral Chains would have been like a really cool E3 announcement, but they announced it like two, three months ago. Was it February? Maybe further back? Not that they should tip for E3 or anything either, just like in terms of like, you know, what, in terms of like impact, if you want to make like a big E3 show with like a lot of game announcements, you know, you probably don't hold back Astral Chains, but I'm guessing Nintendo isn't aiming to do that really anymore. Uh and I, I really don't have a lot of interest in, at least until we get more information, I really don't have a lot of interest in Breath of the Wild 2. Um, I think at this point, most people here know my feelings. If you don't, I have a video, I'll link it <laughs> for my Breath of the Wild video where I have very mixed feelings about that game. Um, so yeah, thanks for coming this week. OneControlReport.com is the website. As you probably know from listening to this, there's a weekly podcast, goes up every Monday at 9 a.m., um, and then, like I said earlier at the beginning of the show, uh, if you want to give a, uh, check out a, a different episode than usual, uh, check out last week's podcast because that, that had a guest on there. We talked about gun gauges is a lot of good fun. Um, I hope to do more of those style podcasts. I really don't know how often they are. I, I kind of want to spend more time and think about what worked and what didn't work with this last one and, uh, try to figure out what would be the best way to approach bringing people on the show to talk about things? Um, so, so yeah. And then I'm going to try to have something ready by the end of this month in terms of video reviews. Although let me double check the calendar. Um, yeah, there's the, <laughs> the Tuesday is like the Tuesday of next month is like, uh, or because the Tuesday of next month is like the second. Um, I think we might, I might have to shift the date on the Castlevania. 64 video we'll see i am really i really am not sure where it's going to end up yet there's too many unknowns but as i hone it in and get the video done i'll be able to know for sure if i'll be able to have it ready for next week um i'm probably going to have to adjust the the schedule for these videos i think having one a month unfortunately hasn't been realistic for a a little while so maybe we'll get back on track with that but for now i think we're going to have to figure out some other method of release schedule don't know what that's going to be yet but we'll see We'll see. Um, and then uh, I have a quick play streaming going up this week for Super Off-Road for the Game Boy. So uh, if you want to check that out, Game Boy Super Off-Road is a weird thing that strangely works. Not a great game, but still cool that it works. And then I had a Wii Play quick play stream last week. And then before that, like a Space Channel 5 one. So quick plays are or not quick play streams. I keep saying quick play streams. They're quick plays. Basically like thir- 20 to 30 minutes of me just ch- chatting about a game in my collection that I played. And uh, giving, giving some of my thoughts on them. Um, you may also start seeing some 3DS stuff as well. I I got the streaming 2DS or 3DS capture working, so it's not great, um, but it works enough that I feel comfortable doing some content around it. We'll we'll spend some time testing it out and seeing where it works and where it doesn't work. Um, but just keep in mind if you ever see any 3DS content, at least in the near future, um, it's probably going to be kind of uh, spotty on how the video quality is in terms of frame rate, visual quality, things like that. Uh, but you know I, what I'm going to try to do is at the beginning of every single video for those, be like, hey, this isn't going to run like it's going to run on real hardware, or at least look like it's like you you won't see it running as smoothly as it would on on not real hardware. It's running on real hardware, but like through a direct capture, basically. Um, so it won't look as smooth, uh, just, you know, forewarning on that stuff. Um, and then the stream this week, uh, last week I, I've, I was streaming Dorymon the second part, but I, uh, 
I got stuck. So so we'll have to uh, continue to play it next week. I don't know if the whole stream is going to be Dorymon for Nintendo 64. That's a cool game, by the way. The more I play that Dorymon game for Nintendo 64, the cooler it is. Um, but I think we might... I think we may not have enough content in that game to last an entire another stream, but we'll see. I'll try to like have a backup set up just in case. And uh, that's Thursdays at 7 o'clock Pacific time, uh, p.m. So so please look forward to that. Uh, and the only other thing I want to say is that I'm probably going to hold off on the uh, weekend quick hits post at least until I get further along with these videos. They take a surprising amount of time. Um, so, so unless I, I get back to the point where I feel comfortable, uh, working on them regularly in a way that doesn't affect other work, I'll probably put them on hold again. So my apologies. I know I don't have a lot of written content on the website. I really am trying to find a way to get more written content on the website. Um, but I also want it to be of a... You know, if it's not a level of quality, I want it to be under a certain understanding of, of why it works, I guess. Like, I don't want to just write up very poorly written articles or something like that. But it's, it's just not a focus right now, unfortunately. So we'll keep working on it. Otherwise, again, OneControllerReport.com is the website. Thank you for coming. And I hope you have a great week. Bye.